Hello, hello, what's going on everybody? AP and us right here. First episode back. Now, let me just tell you right now before we start this episode completely. All I want to tell you guys is to make sure that you share this video out to everybody. And not only that as well, guys, I want you to make sure that we get a strong audience going. Now, episode 7 is going to be completely different. No intro. None of that bullshit that a standard cliche podcast will do. This one is just going to be straight talk. Straight talk about uh, pro the process and the ideas of what you need to do in order to find the, 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 the vengeance in your body. And find that in your mindset. Now, let me tell you right now, people will always discrete individuals that use external factors to keep themselves motivated. But here and there, there is nothing wrong with making sure that you continue to keep a fire in your belly every single time that you do something. There has to be a wharf's fair on your mind into what is going to go on further on in your future. Now, when I got that fractured toe and I was down and out, I couldn't do the lunges, I couldn't do my lower body exercise, I couldn't do the conditioning that I wanted to do, and I wanted to continue that, continue that um, one-mile streak that I was starting off all over again in January. But that was the man above giving me a task and something and more shit to give me on my hand to ensure that I could continue to do a lot more than what I could do right now. And this is something that needs to stay fresh in your head is that life will always give you ups, downs, and middles. And what you make of those ups and downs and middles depends on you and nobody else. You cannot point the card or the finger at anybody else that is trying to stop you from doing this. Because at the end of the day, no one is holding a puppet string against you, making sure that you are doing this or doing that to make sure that you bounce back from shit. And shit in your life is going to make you a stronger individual. Me coming back onto that podcast on Friday was a win. It was a win. And I was excited and I wanted to come back for more. That's why today I'm doing another episode. But this episode is not going to have your standard shit. It's not going to have your intro. It's not going to have any of that stuff in it that a usual podcast will have. This podcast today is straight talk and conversation with you guys and even myself. Because what I'm doing here today is I'm making sure to myself and then my audience understands where you need to be to hit hell and when you hit hell there's no other way to go but up because when you hit hell that shit is rock bottom for you and it fucking sucks it's bullshit and life is straight up unfair sometimes when it comes to taking you down back to rock bottom to restart all over again people are scared to go to that darkness people are scared to understand that shit goes on in their life and sink in that loss or that setback. It's not a failure, it's a setback. A setback will make you stronger than what you were before. Do you understand me? When I go to these type of podcasts every single time, I don't give fucks what I say on these microphones. I just continue to fight, I continue to stand my ground and tell you guys how I really, really feel. We are not here on this microphone to be all politically correct, to cut out any type of sensory or anything like that. Because if I don't tell you the truth, I'm selling you guys short. Straight up. Selling you guys short of what I can show you guys every single time on this microphone. And people are scared 
to hear the true me. You have not seen the true me, and you never will until you are so fucking close to this household. You will never understand what I go through every single day to keep myself going and to make sure that I smell the blood every single day. And I hear the voices, and I hear the shit that's talked about me every single fucking day. And it keeps my fuel going, it keeps the blood going, and it keeps my passion going. That's why that 18-year-old man, I think about that shit every single fucking day. Every day that I wake up, I meditate on that shit, and I meditate on my darkness that I had to go through to get to this spot. And where I am right now is a million times stronger than where I was before. Do you understand me? And you could be the same person right now if you just make that one simple move where you're in the shit and you're in the flack. Breathe that all in and respect and admire the loss that you take. When you admire the loss that you take, you become an absolute fucking monster and a straight savage to everybody around you. And when you become a straight monster and savage to everyone, people are afraid of you and they'll start to talk shit because their life is not in a fucking good place. Even with my fractured toe, I'm still here. I'm still prevalent. I'm still in your fucking face. And those people that don't like me will always say, can this man fuck right off? But I'm not fucking off anytime soon because I'm hungrier than ever before. That passing of Auntie Charlotte fueled a fire in my belly. The fractured toe fueled a fire in my belly. Every time that I come out here, I always want to make sure that the blood is smelt. But one thing that differentiates me, I know how to taste that shit as well. I know how to taste the blood. Most people do not know how to taste the blood. I fucking do. I do. And when I taste that blood every single day, oh, it gets shit going. It gets it going. So, I thought I'd put that out there. To get your fire going. To get something going in you. Because, if you don't do this shit now, you will never have the time to do it. Because you're just going to say to yourself, I'll do it tomorrow. 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 Until when? Until you fucking die? And then it's too fucking late. Those dreams, those individuals inside office buildings, half of those motherfuckers would not be living the dream that they want to live. They're too scared to take on their dreams. They don't understand what it's like to live that passion because they never fell through or pulled the trigger on a dream becoming a reality. They were too scared of outside opinions. They were too scared of the work that needed to be put in. They were too scared of being themselves. They never knew what it's like to unleash the true fucking monster in them. They knew that they had the DNA of a fucking champion, but they were too scared to release that shit. They were too scared. And there's a lot of individuals that die in their graves, but they truly never lived. Because they never understood what it was like to really live. They never understood what it was like to truly live that dream into reality. They were too scared. They never knew what it was like to harness that in. And when I see my brothers every single day, and you can hear them in the background, clicking, doing that last and all that shit in the background. But once again, this is a straight talk. And there's nothing else to it but a straight talk. I say to myself every single time that I do this, there is no holding back. Because I don't know if this could be my final podcast, or this could be the one that breaks the whole mold apart, and I blow the fuck up. I want to make sure every single time that I'm on the microphone, I give it my 150% on the mic. It may sound blurry, it may sound like shit, but this is something that I know and self-aware of and am continuing to work on to try and get better at. 
But for the time being, this is going to build the ground up. And I'm going to make sure this is, this is the starting point. Because if this is the starting point and people are getting attracted to it, that's some scary hours for myself. And I know that this podcast is going to blow the fuck up. I know it's going to. I'm going to get prevalent in the podcast world. Because I'm authentic, I'm different, and I'm uncomfortable as fuck to listen to. I'm fucking scary when I'm in my element. And people never see this side of me. And they always say to me, Oh, AP, why don't I ever see this side of you? Why don't you ever talk like this in person? Because there's never any time that that ever happens. Or that needs to be a necessary time for me to release this type of energy out to the world. Until it's time, shut your fucking mouth. There is only a couple times that I'll only release this energy out to the world. Because if I don't release this energy out to the world, that is not me. That is not me. But every single time that I go into these modes, this is where I'm in my true element. This is where I try my, find my true clarity and peace with the world. This is where I'm at my most stillness. Where I'm in my most strongest and most potent element. And I don't want to sound like some bullshit, cliche, motivational speaker like Eric fucking Thomas or David Goggins or any of that bullshit. Because I'm not them. I'm me. I'm me and that's it. And that's all I'm ever going to be. And if you don't like it, there's always an unsubscribe or an unfollow button on any type of social media platform. You can get the fuck off this shit, or you can ride and die with me, and we'll take it the distance. Come with me. Come with me, and let me help you out. Let me help you out, and let's elevate each other. Let's have the humility to sit the fuck down and figure out what we can do together. Even this is myself. Doesn't mean I'm on a microphone here preaching bullshit. That doesn't mean I'm perfect, because I'm not. I'm not even close to perfect. I've had my fucked up times. And I've had times in my life where I've gone down to the bone, bone deep darkness of hell. And I've seen the Grim Reaper right in front of my fucking face. And I've understood that near point of death and life and its true beauty and chaotic greatness. That's what I love about life. And that's what I say, regardless of this injury, 2022 is going to be my greatest year yet because with this shit happening in my life i know it's gonna make me stronger than fucking ever than what i was before a fractured toe my auntie died my mom was in hospital care is out of taking so i had to elevate my game in taking care of the family making sure that everything is all good still going to work with all this shit happening i could have folded that shit in at any time that i wanted to but i didn't i didn't and that to me is a straight fucking win. And that is how winners are made. When you can stand the fuck up and continue to go even when you're at the setbacks. Throw that down. Feel the pain. Sit down there for some time and understand and think why you are down there. Because that is how winners are created when they come back up and stand on their two fucking feet. Alright, let's get into this episode now. We're back. We're back. We're back. What is going on? Okay. Um, no, it's good to it's good to be back here on the podcast again. We're doing two episodes in three days. 
two episodes in three days. Now, the reason why I wanted to do another episode today is because I felt like it. I felt like it. I felt like there was still more um, that was still in my tank without really overcycling anything that hasn't been said before in my other podcast or anything like that. Um, so t- today I thought I'd have a little bit of fun. I thought I'd talk a little bit about kind of a bit of NBA, a bit of basketball as well, a little bit of sport, what's going on with sport. Um, so let me tell you guys right now, um, NBA, what a season we're having for the NBA. I'm very, very excited for this MVP race that's going on uh, between a couple of players and how I kind of feel about it is something I wanted to talk about here today. Um, so there's a couple guys that I have on my MVP candidate type of list for the NBA. So I've got Embiid, I've got Jokic, I've got Giannis, and Ja Morant, and then DeMar DeRozan. Those are kind of the five guys that I'm hunting at for my MVP candidates at this moment in time. Now, I think the race so far is between Embiid and Jokic. Now, the issue that I have with Embiid and Jokic being MVPs is that they're fifth and sixth seeds in their conf- in their respective conferences, which is not good enough for an MVP um, in terms of st- in terms of winning category. Uh, in terms of the win uh, tally, right? Um, because the only guy who's really got an MVP um, below a fourth seed in the, in the in their conference was Russell Westbrook, but that was because he had a historic and uh, historical statistical season in having a thirty-point triple double, and as well, like he had, he didn't have much uh, much assistance at all um, as a Thunder player. So I feel like that was a really really big issue when it came to. Russ winning the MVP. That's why I thought Harden in 2007 deserved the MVP. He had more wins. He had about equal amounts of help. So both players were kind of suffering in terms of help and stuff like that. But I felt like Harden was almost just a little, had a little bit more help, just a tad bit more. But to be able to do what Harden did with more wins in the category, I feel like Harden deserved the 2007 MVP. But I feel like Harden deserved like maybe three MVPs in a row. You know what I mean? Like that's the crazy thing about James Harden and his greatness in the regular season. You know what I mean? Um, In the playoffs, different story, another debate. But in the regular season, I don't think anybody could deny um, Harden's incredible statistical um, output and as well his ability to will a win um, offensively, right? Defensively, still in question, but offensively, the dude's one of the greatest of all time, um, undeniably. Um, so yeah, but this year, I feel like it's Embiid and Jokic um, just on the fact that their PERs are through the roof. Joel Embiid will probably have a top five PER by the end of the season if he keeps this up and same with Nikola Jokic Nikola Jokic is bound to have a number one PER in all time which is incredible um, so I feel like it's going to be between Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid in terms of like st- historical um, seasons uh, not only that as well like just just their ability to will their teams is really really incredible and Jokic and Embiid are seriously seriously generational talents in this league um, I don't care what anybody says about Embiid um, in terms of not winning titles, same with Jokic, they're both absolutely incredible, incredible players, man, and I truly, truly think Embiid in these past two seasons has shown the world that he may be one of the most skilled offensive uh, big men ever, period. I don't think I've ever seen a guy at seven foot two with his strength, agility, footwork, speed, and perimeter game, and not only that as well, his ball handling ability as well. He's actually a decent ball handler for a big man, right? So there's so many things that like him and Jokic do that really pull such an incredible, incredible, incredible focus 
on them alone. Um, so I feel like, and even defensively, Embiid is still a fantastic defensive center. So I feel like Joel Embiid and Jokic are going to really battle it out for the MVP this year. And I really actually, I actually feel like Embiid and Jokic are going to get more wins in that category and start to increase in the rankings of both the Western Conference for the Nuggets as Murray starts to come back. And then of course with Embiid with um, potentially getting a trade going um, around the All-Star break, right? They may get somebody special they could get Lillard McCollum they could get somebody uh by the by around the all-star break that could really elevate them to a serious serious contender in the Eastern Conference and this is the thing that Daryl Morey needs to really pick his game up on is trying to figure out what can they do with the 76ers in terms of like really utilizing Embiid's prime because we're seeing Embiid in his absolute apex now um and besides from COVID protocol, Embiid has seriously had a magnificent year. He seriously has. And he's really, really shocked me on how good he's been. And I'm really starting to watch 76ers games now. And this dude is something legit. Like, he is legit as they get. Now, Ja Morant. Ja Morant's an outside MVP vote, I feel like. Now, people say Ja Morant is the MVP. I strongly disagree because Memphis were playing spectacular basketball without Ja Morant. But... Same thing. Ja Moran is carrying the boats and the logs when he is there as well. So he's still putting up strong leadership when he is there. And not only that as well, he is the reason why they are winning as well, alongside Jaron Jackson Jr.'s defensive output, which has been absolutely phenomenal, and Desmond Bain's Most Improved Player of the Year award um, season, which I think Desmond Bain will win the Most Improved Player this year. Um, he's been spectacular. He's been absolutely spectacular. Great games. He's going to be a dangerous, dangerous. I feel like he's going to be the secondary scorer. Um, but that's the thing about this Memphis team as well, man. The potential for 20-point-per-game scorers on this team alongside Ja Moran, potentially being a 25 to 30 point per game scorer is very very scary John Moran today had a six consecutive 30 plus point game um, and not only that as well he keeps continuing to stack up the wins and he only just lost to Milwaukee in Milwaukee while he had a spectacular performance as well and look at Donkic and him went at each other. Um, Dallas has been fantastic as well and I'll talk about Dallas in a little bit as well but John Moran has seriously um, just elevated his game he's not utilizing as much as uh, his athleticism as he did in his first two seasons and you can definitely see he's been putting in that work in the offseason that perimeter game looks a little bit better his ball handling looks way more tighter um, defensively um, and conditioning wise he's a bit more in tune with the game now and John Moran's a very ebb and flow player like Allen Iverson right so ebb and flow by my definition basically means he'll go on like this 10 point run and then he'll maybe take like five minutes off where he starts to become a playmaker and starts to become a strong defensive output player and then he'll go for another 10 point run or an 8 point run or a 6 point run by himself to create and shift more momentum towards the Grizzlies way that's what Allen Iverson used to do so so well uh, with Philly Philly used to do that quite an ebb and flow sequence with Iverson so much man where Iverson used to just get on these hot runs you know go for eight or no stretches personally by himself maybe take like five to six minutes off maybe become more of a playmaker become more of a defensive player maybe just like just keep the defense honest by just maybe attempting shots but he's not going to be fully aggressive he's not going to look to um, present all of his crafty package in certain sequences. But Ja Morant's like that type of guy. Ja Morant's a, a hybrid between Iverson and Derrick Rose in 2011, which I feel like Ja Morant, if he can keep healthy, he's going to be a superstar in this league. Well, he potentially already is a superstar in this league, but he's going to be a genera he's going to be a generational uh, impact on this league as well. I feel like him, Anthony Edwards, and Zion Williamson, if he's healthy, I don't know if Zion is going to be healthy, and I feel like this is going to be the issue with Zion Williamson moving forward is that Zion's not going to 
go out of his way to stay healthy. And Zion, when healthy, man, he's a generational talent. He is an incredible, incredible basketball player. Remarkably efficient, strong as fuck, super strong athlete, um, tremendous uh, IQ for the game, very underrated passer. His defense is pretty bad, but I feel like that's something that comes with just heart and conditioning and lateral quickness and strength. But Zion has that build to be a monstrous defensive player. Um, and he was that in Duke, you know what I mean? And it's going to come down to how well he can really rehab his foot, how he's going to, his relationship with the New Orleans Pelicans organization, are they going to move him? Is he willing to lose weight? It's all going to come down to those things. And I don't know if Zion's 100% invested in the Pelicans at this point in time, which is fine. Like, if he doesn't want to be all there with them, he doesn't have to be all there with them. But what he needs to do is respect the fact that the Pels are trying their best efforts, potentially, to accommodate for Zion. And the Pels are a dramatically different team with Zion Williamson in that squad. They're dramatically different. Dramatically different. Even if it's just Brandon Ingram, Ingram's not enough for this team to take it to the play-in or playoffs at all. He's just not. Zion needs to be there to complement Ingram, but not only complement Ingram, but to complement but Ingram to complement Zion. So they both need each other, right? And that's the same thing with the Celtics. The Celtics need Tatum and Brown to complement each other and not take sacrifice each other or anything like that. And that's why I reckon one of those two players are going to move, and it's probably going to be Jalen Brown, and they're probably going to figure out a way to build a team around Jason Tatum and try and see if they can pull off some title contention with Tatum. Um, so that'll be very interesting to see. But Jason Tatum, Donkic, uh, Booker, Mitchell, those are guys as well I truly feel like are going to be uh, that are generational talents. I feel like Donovan Mitchell is very underappreciated. Devin Booker is very underappreciated. Um, um, you know, another guy, Tatum, Levine, is extremely underappreciated. I feel like, and this is the thing about this, this generation of talent, is that we're in the most talented pool in NBA history. I don't think anybody could deny that. Even old heads could probably not deny that. You know what I mean? Like, the league is at an absolutely incredibly healthy um, area in terms of talent and, like, how much, you know, talent we have in this league from the 1 to 12-man deep. Um, but I feel like there's also guys out there that... that that particularly with the media, man, like they they, they they want to critique them at their shittiest moments, but they always want to, you know, suck them off massively and really override them when it's time to step it up, you know? Because I hear the shit from Donovan Mitchell all the time. They give him so much flack, but then when it's time to celebrate him, when he gets like a 50-point game, they'll suck him off hard and stuff like that. And the media is so inconsistent and so lopsided and wishy-washy with how much they can favor the players at any certain moment. Because then if Ja Moran has like a 10-point game, you know, they'll be like, ah. Oh, what the hell happened to Ja Moran? Uh, you know, is he selling out? Is he sucking? Is he getting too hyped up in his own, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, you guys know what the headlines will be like for these type of athletes and stuff like that. And you know what? Athletes are human as well. And you got to remember, as, as as much as these guys are built um, to, to really take on the mental, discor uh, the mental discourage of media, um, at the end of the day, man, they're human. Um, and how much they could take on and how they take it on is so dependent from individual to individual. And I feel like this could be a lesson that could be taken on to all of us as individuals. You know, is that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to talk shit out there. And there's going to be a lot of individuals out there that are going to throw flack at you for being you. And for doing you at your most unique um, course of life. And, um, you know, I get this all the time with my lunges, man. People take the flack out of my lunges, pull the piss out of them and have a laugh and gig at them. But at the end of the day, I'm doing I'm doing more effort than they are. You know what I mean? And that's something that, you know, needs to be taken into fruition and respect is that, you know, I'm putting more effort in, than they ever will. And 
you know, at the end of the day, you can't critique a man for working his ass off. You really can't. Like, I don't get how you can, to be honest with you. And if you are, you're probably in a, in a place yourself where you need empathy. And because I say empathy is that you, you as an individual are probably not in the most healthiest state in the fact that you are willing to go out of your way on social media and at dinner t- at dinner times and stuff like that to talk about other people and that shows that shows that there's a respectful disagreement potentially but not only a respectful disagreement that there's also something in your life that's lacking and i now there's times where i have laughed this shit off and used it as motivation for myself to try and keep going but at the same time i've always empathized with these individuals and sympathize with them um as they would pro- for, for probably myself now you got to remember talking shit is human behavior right i talk shit you talk shit everyone talks shit talking shit is a part of human behavior it's a, it's a, it's a basic human characteristic now people say i don't talk shit you're a fucking liar you're a pathological liar if you're saying you don't talk shit about anybody that's fucking garbage that's fucking garbage throw that shit out of the window right now you talk shit. Talking shit, 99% of humans do it. 99.9% of humans do it. That is life. That is the human, right? <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with admitting that either. Um, you know, that's the thing, man. Like, don't ever feel you're safe from people not talking shit about you. But don't let it take control of your head space by saying, this person's talking about me, this person's talking about me, this person's talking about me. Don't manufacture the thoughts that are going to negatively drive you down a hole. Manufacture thoughts and ideas in your head that are going to continue to drive your fuel. There is nothing wrong with manufacturing thoughts in your head because if you continue to manufacture these thoughts, they can seriously be such a tremendous external drive if you know how to keep stability in your mindset when you do these type of manufactured thoughts. And there is a lot of people out there, particularly guys like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, any athlete, any all-time great athlete, people, they may not necessarily be saying that, but they manufacture these ideas in their head where it creates this notion that they are saying it. So if you believe in your manufactured thoughts in the idea that they are saying that about you, it's going to fuel a belly in your fire that was not there before, particularly if you've mastered your ability to level ground your emotions. Because if you tap into that emotion of manufactured thoughts, you're truly going to believe that these individuals are saying that about you when in reality they may not be saying those things about you. But however, it's going to make you a stronger individual at the end of the day. It really will. So contribute those manufactured thoughts from outside voices in a positive mannerism, but learn how to control your own output of how much you put how much energy and output you put into those manufactured thoughts because manufactured thoughts can be one of your most powerful external factors if you use them correctly so i feel like me talking about athletes and the scrutiny that they get from media correlates into a lesson that we can put into our own lives 
Um, so this is a very, very short episode, but I really feel like it's one that's quite basic. It's quite down to the point. But all in all, in conclusion, how I see it is that First of all, the NBA is in great shape. I feel like Embiid, Jokic, Morant, DeRozan, and Giannis are going to be those five players throughout the season that are going to continue to pursue an MVP candidate or race this season. Now, outside players are guys like LeBron James, uh, Kevin Durant, if he comes back from injury. Jimmy Butler is another guy I feel like um, can really, really venture for an MVP um, candidate or a top six or seven MVP candidate. He will not win it, but I feel like he can really, really push, particularly with Miami being now. Let's fucking go, Miami. We had a tough triple overtime loss against the Raptors today, but that was a fantastic game to watch, though. Shout out to the Raptors. But these are the type of ge- these are the type of games that are really going to, I feel like, for Miami, are going to really push them overboard into serious contenders in the Eastern Conference, especially when we're 100% healthy. We didn't have Kyle Lowry playing tonight, but we always have this next man up mentality here in Miami. I feel like guys like Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Max Strews, Dwayne Dedimond are going to be guys, and PJ Tucker are going to be guys that are really going to amplify their game up when it's time and necessary. So I feel like Miami's going to be in really good shape. Jim Butler, when he's aggressive, he's a fucking savage. Um, I truly feel like Butler's one of the most underappreciated players of our generation. I really, really do think that about Jimmy Butler. Blue-collar work ethic guy, um, very old school with his mentality. Not only that as well, he's a little bit flamboyant off the court, which I kind of like. He's pretty funny. He has good sense of humor. Um, tough as fucking nails. But as well, he can sometimes be fake tough to the other opponent as well, which I think is a bit Kevin Garnett-ish of him and stuff like that. Love KG, but he used to have that fake tough attitude as well. Uh, but Butler's Butler's a phenomenal player, man. Very under very underappreciated. He's not underrated. He's underappreciated. I feel like when he's at his element, he could be a top 10 player in this league. All right, guys. I hope everyone really appreciated today's podcast. Um, really short one today, but I thought it was a really excellent podcast as well. Really good fun. So make sure that you've Give this a share to all your mates. Make sure you give some constructive uh, feedback if you can, possibly. Make sure you enjoy this as well. Replay it over. Learn something from this. All right, guys. It's AP and us. Hope to see you guys soon. Peace out.